to Harrimanology, the official podcast to keep up with Harriman City. We'll take you inside the city, explore the latest news and updates, show you how your government operates, and discuss the issues that affect us all. Now, here are your hosts talking all things Harriman on Harrimanology. That's right, episode two of Harrimanology. Welcome in, glad to have you today. Uh, I am John LaFollette, Communications Manager for Harriman City, alongside, as always, Tammy Moody, Assistant City Manager for Harriman City. Happy to be here today. We're excited. It's springtime. It's tax day. Maybe not excited about tax yeah, day. but And it, ha- it was extended to May 15th. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I am year. counting down. All right. Well, it's a month out from tax day. Uh, more importantly, it is general plan season. And... Uh, we're in the middle of a lot of community meetings right now. We're we're uh, in the middle of an effort to to help you, our residents, understand what's going on. Uh, the general plan is probably something you've heard about for several years now, um, in in one form or another. And right now, we are uh, the, the our consultant has drafted the plan, and we're turning to you, the community, for your feedback. So to help under help us all understand this process, what the plan is, why we have a plan, we've brought in um, our good friends Chris Burbert, who serves as the chair of the planning planning commission, and uh, Michael Malloy, planning director for Harriman City. Uh, how are you doing today? Good, thank you. Thank you for the invitation. We're excited to be here. Doing great. It's nice to be able to jump on with uh, with this crew. So what is the general plan? For residents, we hope you're not hearing about it for the first time, but there's a good chance that some of our listeners are. What is the general plan? Is it the zoning map? Is it, what? what is it? Why, why do we care? Why do we have it? Sure. Um, and this is Chris. And I think the easiest way to look at it, and this is really how I've been able to, to come to think about it, it's a blueprint for development. Uh, when we look at everything that's going to go on, everything that we want to see, the future of the city. This is our our guide. This is where, as a planning commission, when they come to us, the first question we, we look at is, does this meet the, the general plan? Is this the direction the city wants to go? And the general plan also provides uh, like that vision for the city. It's the plan is an umbrella document that uh, works in concert with the city's other uh, general plan elements. We have a parks plan that the city council adopted last year, a transportation plan. Um, we also are currently working on an active transportation plan that is looking at all of our um, uh, bicycle lanes and trails in the city and looking at how we can make them better. So the general plan is an umbrella plan. It, it, it covers all of these different topics and ties them all together. Um, in addition to development, it can also express our values uh, for uh, maybe efforts in the future as we look at maybe improving existing neighborhoods as well. It's not just for new development, but also how we want to protect and enhance our existing neighborhoods. So if the city already has a general plan in place, then why do you amend it? Isn't isn't the general plan put in place originally to say this is how the city needs to be designed, this is how it needs to be laid out, and this is what you're supposed to stick to? Like, why do you why do you amend? Why do you change your plan? So, so I moved into Harriman, and I guess it was about eight, eight nine years ago now. And I remember when we came to Harriman, there was a, a lot fewer people. 
And when you start to develop an area, I don't think you really know what the draw will be for others. Um, you don't know how many people say, you know what, I like that area. I'd like to go live out there. And so as individual landowners started seeing that, oh, people like it out here, they started saying, I'm going to build more homes. Well, when more homes are built, it changes or adapts what we need to see in the community. So then we started thinking, well, we need more parks. Well, if we need more parks, we also need more commercial to keep our taxes lower. And so with, with time and different things that occur, we get to a point where we need to adapt and change it. Because at one point, everyone thought we were going to have farms and horse country out here. Um, that is no longer the case. And if we had looked at a general plan back in the day where they thought this was going to be all farms and horse country, it looked very different than what it's become. So do you think that even the change in the way that we live our lives, such as technology, do you think that even factors like that influence a need to change the general plan? Just the basic way that people live their lives changes, which leads to changes in the city? Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Chris. Oh, I was going to say absolutely. Um, one thing that that I'm a big advocate for, and, and Grant, I've got to work from home with my, my normal job for the last about seven or eight years as well. And, and I'm a big advocate for a lot of the, the work live uh, locations where some individuals say, I still need a separate space, but I don't want it to impede on my personal home. And so we've, we've recently had a handful of different developments that have came in. And I think our town center is a good example where we have some work live units where you'll see the front of the building will actually be where most of their offices will be. And then the rest of their, the, the actual home will be where they live. And also another thing that I, I found very popular has been areas where they can get out of their house where they can go work and maybe have some synergies with other individuals because sometimes it's hard to be at home by yourself working every single day and so being able to to have different areas where where you can plan for things like that in the community can be very effective um, the last one is obviously the infrastructure of the internet um, the city has to consider and look at that to be able to provide adequate speed so people can continue to work from home. Some people move to communities and the first question out of their mouth is, does this have high enough speed internet for me to be, be able to do everything I need to from home? And if the answer is no, they don't consider moving there. As much as we try to anticipate and plan for the future, things change. You know, Tammy, your question is, you know, does technology impact um, you know, our, our plans, um, a big experience that we've all have been living through. Look how the pandemic has changed how we live and how we work. That is not something we had anticipated when we wrote the general plan the last time. We are seeing more people interested in just getting out and walking in our neighborhoods, maybe not walking towards uh, the, sh you know, to the grocery store, but it, it, even just for exercise or just community purposes. Um, so yeah, things change, but through the planning process, we learn a great deal about our own community and, and cities will, will, this is not our last general plan. We know that as soon as we're done, um, you know, we're probably going to need to revisit this in another even couple of years, uh, especially a fast growing community like Harriman. Uh, it's not un, it's not untypical to have have uh, plans be developed every few years. You have to keep relooking at those existing conditions and forecasting the future. 
So the city actually went through this process just a little over three years ago. And the general plan was passed, but then there was a referendum and it reverted the general plan back to what it was, which was, I believe that was the 2014 general plan. What exactly happened there and what what is different about this process that we think that maybe we're going to have a, a stronger plan that will that will work better for our community than than what it was before. I'm going to assume Chris probably needs to jump on this one because <laughs> I wasn't even here when that happened. Um, I've heard secondhand stories, but so, so first off, we were a very young city at that time, and as we were growing, we were growing so fast it was hard to keep up with anything. And so a lot of the process was a learning process for, for us as a city. And what, what we found is uh, we sort of went from, we need to put a plan together. Um, we had a lot of input from developers we saw every single day. And we had a lot of um, input from those that worked within the city. And what we lacked was getting the proper amount of input from the community. And so over time, we've seen a huge change in our structure and process to where, to where we have input from developers, we have input from citizens, we have input from the staff, and then we have a consultant that's an expert that has seen things that happen in multiple cities that is also helping to guide us. And so the process has changed to try to get more input from everyone that needs to give us um, different, different input. It was my understanding that um, the last effort, a uh, general plan effort, the planning commission had made their recommendation, which is required by state code. They make their recommendation to the city council. City council has the responsibility for adopting the plan. They have the final say on the project. Um, but I understood that there was enough change between planning commission and city council that there were some residents who were concerned that maybe they didn't have an opportunity to comment on some of those um, changes. The council was doing their job. They were listening uh, to uh, information. One of the things we're going to do differently this time is that um, the state does not require uh, more than one public hearing, which will happen with the planning commission on this project. Uh, but we will have a second public hearing with the city council. And that way, if there are any changes, which are completely normal and anticipated between planning commission and city council, the public will have an opportunity to make those comments on what the city council is considering. Which is great. And I know from the communication standpoint, for the last two years, we have really been focusing on the outreach for the general plan and working with our consultant. We have had several meetings with the public, several opportunities for the public to come and provide input for the plan um, and to let us know exactly what it is that they would like to see in their city and what's important to them. Um, I also know that um, the last time that the general plan was being worked on, it was because there was a piece of property that was annexed into the city. So every single time that property is annexed into the city, does that then require a general plan amendment? Technically, that, that is correct. We, we do have within our general plan uh, what we consider an annexation declaration area. And we are planning for those areas that are even outside of the city. Um, not maybe as focused as we do on the property that's within the city boundaries, um, but we, we, we do need to essentially have a policy that guides 
how that property is zoned upon annexation. Uh, that is something that the state requires that we do, that we assign a zone to that property. And if we do the our homework up front, where we are identifying how the city's wanting to master plan that property, it makes the zoning step much easier. So if I'm a resident who is completely unfamiliar with the current plan, how's the best way to go about learning what's in it? We, so right now we have harriman.org slash general dash plan that has all the information that's currently available, but there's a big document in there. Uh, the, the general plan document's really long. Uh, in, our, in our day and age, we're getting used to uh, smaller, simpler graphics, short videos, which we do have 10 of those on there, by the way, to help you learn about the, the plan. Um, but we're used to short bite-sized things. This is a long document. How can I digest this in a way that's going to be meaningful to me? First of all, it's a lot of pictures. <laughs> okay. So, so the text is not as overwhelming as you might think. Um, it's, it's organized, uh, into sections or chapters. So if there's a particular topic that you're interested in, you can just go right to that one section. Um, and, and, and I, th I think that we will, you know, we're, we're having a number of outreach events to try and make that connection. Uh, our staff is always available if someone wants to speak one-on-one -on -one with, with city staff and ask particular questions. So we're, you know, we're doing all that we can to make it accessible and, and uh, be available to, to answer the public's questions on, the, on what it's in the document. And also, when you think about the size of what the general plan is, uh, the general plan addresses what already is within our city as well. And so when you look at the general plan, sometimes um, it's easier to go to the areas where you're curious what is going to be developed or what is going to be planned there. Now, it, it doesn't exactly tell you what's going to be developed, but it tells you these things are allowed in that area. So if a developer comes in and starts to build in that area, it would be something that falls in this criteria. And so oftentimes um, the easiest way to sort of digest this large document is to see the areas that you want to learn about, the areas that you want to understand what may be going there in the future. You know, just as a follow-up, um, you know, John, maybe maybe uh, we do need to provide another document. Maybe we could ask our consultant to produce some type of high-level graphic that just kind of boils down what's in the plan into a simple, easy to, to digest. So I'm, I'm making that call right here in our podcast. No, We're doing that. Great okay? idea because we'll make for that the happen. budget, we do that. We do a yeah. budget brief that's just like it takes the 300 page document and puts it into like four pages so that people can at least easily digest what's in the budget. And maybe that's something that we do that just gives a brief explanation of what this is and yeah. how it guides the city. In fairness, and this is something else I also wanted to get out in this uh, podcast is this is a very draft plan. It is very malleable. Um, we can still add new information to the plan. Uh, if people, if, if what, what's in the plan is not resonating with the public, um, we are very open to further change. Um, so I think, yeah, we, we'll, we'll do that. We'll put together, that'll be a call I'll make right after this podcast. So what are the values and objectives that the city is exploring as they work on this amendment to the general plan? Well, first of all, all of the information that is in the general plan has come from the community itself. We had dozens and dozens of, of, uh, of outreach opportunities prior to the pandemic hit. And we've also have taken in 
thousands of individual comments that have formed what's in the plan itself. Um, so we, we are, are, are welcoming further participation in, in, in crafting the plan. I think, again, that's probably the biggest issue that I'm, I'm hoping that we can achieve through this podcast, right? Bring more awareness, bring more t- participation in, in the process. So recreational amenities, open space, active transportation, those have generally tended to be very important to our community in the past. Does that still seem to be a high level focus for our residents as we work through this plan? Uh, I I think absolutely. And and one thing that I want to add to that is Harriman has a, a good history. And, and it's important to a lot of the residents. And that balance of being able to bring the past into the future is something that, that they still want to establish. And so when you think about, and this is just some of the things that are occurring now, um, we have a park that is planned that will do that a little bit. Um, you'll see some of the old original homes that were located in Harriman, which before it was even Harriman. Um, that will be located within that park. And, and so um, being able to have that ability to, to see where we came from and where we're going and everything that's sort of flowing through that process is important to the community. Um, I think preserving a lot of the Harriman Hills, which I don't know if that's a fair way to say it, but that's what, what I call it, and, and even Butterfield Canyon and Yellow Fork, which are not actually within our city right now, um, those are things that, that we within the city continue to plan and to look at and to figure out how best to do that um, so we can continue to have the feel of everything we want within the city, the balance. Mm-hmm. And so that we can have feel. everything. Exactly. That our residents have come to love. So the topics that are in the general plan itself is Chris was just talking about open space, recreation. Um, we're looking at r- different types of residential uses within the city, different densities, um, obviously commercial. Um, we do have some light industrial um, locations within our city that we're hoping to uh, potentially expand. We're looking for opportunities to create more jobs in the city. Um, and and there's going to be ongoing need for um, institutional uh, uses as well. As we're growing, as our population grows, we're going to need more community centers, uh, you know, a senior center sometime, uh, you know, potentially another library or, um, you know, additional city services. We've been talking to the city council a lot about the growing need for uh, public works facilities and, and a police, uh, uh, you know, potentially a new uh, a police department uh, facility. So yeah, we, we're looking at all of those things um, within the general plan. So what do you think are the strongest elements that could go into the general plan in order to create a well-balanced plan? Um, I, I think when we look at the strongest elements, it's, and, and you said balance, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what we look at. One of the things that that I've seen over the last seven years is we tend to have, um, I guess, transitions from different zones and trying to have them be effective. And when I say that, there may be a community that is all acre lots. Well, next to it, we try not to, to have a zone where it's like, okay, now we have 
all townhomes next to these acre lots. And we try to have a transition. So, so we'll have maybe a transition of these larger lots down to maybe half acres, down to quarters, to now we have townhomes. And so we try to have transitions within it. And that goes with commercial, where we actually have um, precast walls that go between the uses when there may be a commercial next to residential. Um, there's, there's sort of the feel that, that, okay, here's residential, here's commercial. And it's sort of to give some separation but to provide a sort of a flow within the city as well. Um, and I think the balance of it is a nice, nice thing to have. So we talk a lot about that live, work, play environment that's so important when people move into a community. Um, does the general plan also take into consideration, though, planning for different stages in your life? Do we really want to make sure that it's a community that you can live in you know as a child and then also be able to still remain in that community throughout adolescence early adulthood and even well into retirement yeah life stages is uh, something that i think we actually have been recently trying to address in our community we we recognize that um harriman has has allowed for a lot of um kind of first time home buyers um, but we recognize that we have a need for the next step, the next step up. And so our planning commission and city council have been really advocating not only city staff in the, in the development of the general plan, but also our development partners, because we do want to have an opportunity to have, uh, to be able to, to grow and, and, and change over time and yet not have to leave the community, right? There are other, other housing options that fit various lifestyles throughout the community i love again your your comment about what does it take to to, to have this balance and and chris is right you know i think having a plan that actually does encompass all these different land uses and provide that here in harriman i think has been a, a real challenge and an opportunity so i like that i also think we we try to pay attention to the transitions Chris was talking about that, like how you go from one form of development to another is really important. When I was in uh, architecture school at the University of Utah, I was taught that the hardest thing to do is to turn a corner. That's the hardest part of architectural design is what do you do as a plane turns the corner? How do you treat that corner? And it's the same thing in a community. You know, how do you have that relationship? And in fact, a lot of times that's what we're trying to do in planning is actually create a comfortable relationship between different zoning types, different uh, types of development and different land uses. And so our general plan is trying to anticipate how do we how do we do that? How do we transition? And just sort of to, to further that, um, when we talk about, um, I guess, the starter home to the next level to the retirement, um, I think a good example is to look at where we're at right now. We learned this during the process of the general plan. We wanted to understand okay, we feel like we're really heavy in the townhome. And they looked at us and said, yes, you are. But with your other developments that are going on, a lot of them haven't even started the homes because they always build the townhomes first. And so Anthem is a great example because they built the townhomes and now you see around Bastion, if you're familiar with the area, they build a lot of the homes and they're building some larger homes and across the street, um, is going to be some even larger lots that occur. And there's like transitions that tend to occur. And for a builder and developer, they tend to build 
the townhomes first. It just seems to be the trend of what they do. And so we actually have quite a few homes that are coming in after the townhomes that haven't even been started. And we noticed that when we went through the general plan um, in trying to, to figure out where are we missing, what are we missing that needs to be within this general plan in the undeveloped areas to make sure we have that balance and that ability to give everyone um, to where they can live here their entire life if they choose to. One question we get in one form or another from time to time, um, what if we don't want growth? What if we just want to keep Harriman the exact same way it was? Um, the giant lots, lots of open space. What if we don't want more people? What if we're not comfortable with that? Is that an option? So, so I'm going to answer part of this. And I'm sure Michael will have some, <laughs> some uh, feedback as well. Um, we have individual landowners and they have rights as well. Um, I think, I think it, for instance, me, I would love to have a 50 foot or a 50 acre open field behind my house. It's not there. And it's because a landowner decided I wanted to use that property and to build some homes, a neighborhood or something else. Um, landowners have rights and they will choose to develop their land. Now the general plan provides a guideline for this process to where we're not going to have, okay, we're going to have a 20 story building next to your home. We're going to have this guideline where it says, okay, we understand you have a right to develop your land. These are the parameters of what you can develop your land into. And if it's something that you want to do, then you can. And so there has to be a balance between both sides. And, and that's why we continue to see growth in areas. Yeah, property rights is obviously a key issue, um, but I think just in general, just just your perspective on life is, do we all want to just be stagnant? Do we all just kind of want to stay exactly how we are, where we are? No, we, we want to grow. We want to mature. We want to see our families grow. Um, do we want to try and preserve those good and meaningful and special places in our city? Absolutely. The general plan should be looking at ways to preserve and enhance our existing neighborhoods as well as guide future development. Now, is it possible that that future development could be at a slower pace or a lower density? Yes. Um, to the city's credit, we have worked very hard to purchase open space. Uh, we've partnered with um, the federal government to acquire uh, much of the hillside on the south side of the, of the city. Um, so we are certainly not growing this city at all costs. It, it may feel like that because we've grown so quickly. Um, and that's been the marketplace. That's been a result of our, of our partnership with various um, property owners. Um, but I, I see that changing in the city. There's been a real change from our political leadership to be more measured, to be more um, careful in how we grow over the next, you know, our next steps, uh, the coming years. I think we're going to see a change. We are seeing a change already uh, in this city. And Michael, one thing that I want to add to that is, um, so the planning commission our role is we we look at different areas and try to figure out what zones may make the most sense um, we look at the general plan as that guideline with some additional things but as we're planning with this general plan we're talking about what could potentially make sense and 
and we look at lower density as we go away from our infrastructure of our mountain view, our, our, our roadways that can give us easy access out of the community. And so we really try to plan around that. And then from a planning commission perspective, we also look at the ordinances of, of what our city is. And, and I say those two things because when individuals come to a planning commission meeting, that's really how we look at everything that comes through. Does it meet our ordinances? And is it within our general plan guidelines? Um, there's, there's not very many deviations that occur from that. Now, the city council also has to take in consideration the financial aspects. And that's why things change from, from planning commission to the city council, because that's not part of our responsibility to do. And so it, it does make some changes that occur. And sometimes people are like, why did that change? There's other factors that they have to look at as well. Yeah, something you mentioned, Chris, um, is another thing that I think we've been trying to achieve in this new general plan. It's not uncommon for cities to have a very low zone, maybe some type of a large lot agricultural zone for property. That's not really how we anticipate that being developed over time, but it's kind of like a holding zone. And what we're trying to do in this general plan is, is actually be... Um, kind of signal to property owners and potential developers what we actually want. We're trying to communicate our plan for that property versus just waiting to see what the market brings us. I think we're trying to be more proactive in our planning effort. Um, and if the, if the residents of the city feel like we're not quite there yet, come, come to the table and tell us that. <laughs> but that's what I'm hoping we do is that we actually start doing the planning for the city instead of our development partners. I think we need to be the ones setting out what our values and vision are for, this, for these properties. Very much so. And, and I guess the last thing that I wanna add, and there, there's probably more, but when we go through the, the general plan and we give recommendations and things like that, um, we, like, we do wanna work with developers. We do want to, to help them see their vision as well. Um, the one thing that that we really like to emphasize is, okay, um, these are the things you want. Now, as a city, what are you providing for the citizens outside of what you want? Because unfortunately, there are some times where it's like, I want to build homes. Um, is there anything else? I want to build homes. I want to sell <laughs> homes. Is there anything else I want to do here? No, I want to build homes. And so we look at it and say, okay, can we get a park in there? Can we get trails through there? Can we get uh, some co commercial property to help with the tax base? And, and it's a back and forth in figuring out how to best work to provide the needs for the city versus the needs that the developer has as well. And there are there is a balance there. Um, there are some very good developments that have accomplished great things. And it always occurs when both sides are willing to compromise in helping to accomplish the goals. Yeah, I agree. And, and we definitely need to listen to the rights and interests of the property owner. And the developer also brings a lot of knowledge and skill to the table. And we need to listen to that as well. Um, we just need to do our part to communicate what the values of the city are and, and try and get that uh, kind of leading the conversation. That's what I'm hoping we do with the general plan. And I, I usually find that if it occurs early enough on, you see the developer says, okay, we see what you want. Let's figure out how to do that so I can get what I want. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's a partnership. It is. Yeah, yeah very much Absolutely. so. Absolutely. 
All right, before we wrap up, let's go ahead and take a look at the uh, meetings coming up the next few weeks. Listen up and get ready to mark that calendar. Yeah, every day it's something new. Here's what's coming up in the next few weeks in Harriman. All right, starting this Saturday, April 17th, from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. at Butterfield Canyon Elementary School, uh, a general plan community meeting. And you'll have uh, planning staff, planning commissioner. You'll have the planning consultant there, communication staff if you want to say hi. We are not the main show. <laughs> um, if you want to participate virtually, that option is available on GoToMeeting. Uh, we'll also be streaming the meeting. Uh, when I say meeting, I, I should say the presentation part because in between presentations will be an in-person Q&A. Um, you can walk around. There'll be lots of displays there. There'll be staff to answer questions about the plan. Um, so that's Saturday, 10 to noon at Butterfield Canyon Elementary. Rinse and repeat both Monday and Tuesday nights. Uh, Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. at Crane Park in conjunction with Hungry Harriman. So food trucks... <laughs> and they go talk about the general plan. Perfect. Uh, send the kids to go run around the playground. Uh, Tuesday night uh, up on the south side of town at Providence Hall Elementary School. Same time, 6 to 8 p.m. And then finally, uh, the following Saturday, 10 to noon at Main Street Park. So, uh, oh, there's another one after that. Another virtual only meeting on Monday the 29th, I believe. I need to get my calendar out. But anyway, we'll talk about that <laughs> as it gets closer. But the point is there are lots of meetings coming up, lots of uh, available chances for you to come and give your feedback, learn about the plan. We encourage you to look ahead at herman.org slash general dash plan uh, to look at that. Thank you. So the uh, this Saturday's meeting is April 17th, Monday and Tuesday, the 19th and 20th, Main Street Park, Saturday April 24th. I think I said May. These are all in April. And then the final one, Monday, April 26th as the virtual only option. So um, we encourage you to go on harriman.org slash general dash plan to look at the plan, watch the 10 videos uh, with planning staff and planning commissioners explaining the plan. Uh, we're trying to make it very easy to digest. Um, and please come and give your input. We are craving community engagement. Right John, now. how long are those videos? Because I know some people say I'm not watching an hour long video. It's not Lord of the Rings length. No, <laughs> no, there. I think the longest one is maybe three minutes if we're really stretching it. And they get to see all of the acting skills of our amazing planning commissioners. We've, we've got some stars, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, so we encourage you to come out uh, later on next month. We have Memorial Day. We'll talk about that more in, in future episodes. Um, but events are getting back to normal, getting back to in-person. Um, and worst case, if you come to the uh, in-person general plan meetings and you don't like any of it, you can still get a Harriman City puzzle. Those are <laughs> custom made. Chris brought his in today. Um, come and grab one of those for the kids. Um, gentlemen, thank you for coming in today. Thank you. Thank you. Tammy's always good to see you and you uh, have this uh, Harrimanology podcast. So with that, we'll check out and see you next time on Harrimanology.